My name is Chris McDaniel, the senior pastor here at Trinity Anglican in Atlanta, Georgia, and welcome to our daily podcast reflection. In the next number of days, we're going to be reading a simple passage from the Bible and then spending a little bit of time reflecting on that passage. Our hope for you is to connect. Uh, as pastors, we want to offer these points of connection throughout the week during this remarkably unusual time where we simply read, pray, and reflect. And as we've said, we believe that's the pattern for us right now, to spend some time reading, praying, and reflecting. Maybe that's how we'll get through this time together. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to read a passage from Mark 9, verses 2 through 8, a famous passage from the Bible, the transfiguration of Jesus. So I'll read, then we'll pray. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who was talking with Jesus. And then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He didn't know what to say, for they were terrified. And then a cloud overshadowed them. And from the cloud there came a voice, This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. And suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the fact that we can find and gain access to your grace on this Friday. Lord, we ask you to be with us during this remarkably uncertain and upheaving time. And I pray, God, that as we consider your word, and we believe, God, that there is great comfort to be found as we meditate together on the Bible, the Word of God, specifically these stories about Jesus. We ask, God, that you would give us the grace and the peace that we need to be faithful today. In Jesus' name, amen. So I just want to say a few things about this passage, uh, maybe points of reflection that will help us think about our own lives as we're walking throughout our day. Nothing super complicated here, just a few points for consideration. The first thing that stands out to me in this passage is that Jesus took uh, Peter, James, and John, three of his closest friends, he took them to the mountain uh, by themselves. He led them out of their routine, and we're going to say this a lot at Trinity in the coming weeks. We're all outside our routine, and while stepping outside your routine can be very disorienting and even alarming at times, uh, it does however, uh, give us an opportunity to see things from new perspectives in a different way. And so I want to invite you to learn how to see some of the disruption of your routines as a gift, an invitation from God to maybe see things that otherwise you might miss. That was certainly true for James, John, and Peter. They left their normal and they encountered something they didn't expect. And that leads us to the second thing I want us to think about, which is this. Jesus on that Mount of Transfiguration actually shows his friends who he really is. And y'all, this is really important for us to consider. Jesus did not turn himself up on the Mountain of Transfiguration. It's sometimes maybe tempting to think of it that way, that he went from human to superhuman by gritting his sort of son of God muscles. The, the truth of the matter is what the Mountain of Transfiguration teaches us is that Jesus shows his friends, including you and me, who he really is. He actually reveals himself rather than amping himself up. On that mountain, Jesus actually demonstrates his true nature. 
So James, John, and Peter, and by extension, we are able then to see Jesus for who he really is. And I find myself in recent days, just because of all the upheaval and uncertainty in front of us, really asking for a vision, a clear vision, a new vision of God's power and goodness. I've been saying, Jesus, I I don't want you to be the God of yesterday for me, Lord. I want to see you for who you really are. And because of that, I think I find some comfort here in the transfiguration story because Jesus seems quite willing to show his friends who he really is. Y'all, Jesus is full of transforming power. For those of us who believe and desire to see him at work, I believe that we are now presented with an opportunity to really, really encounter God in new ways and fresh ways. And so for me, I'm asking God for an increased awareness of his transforming power these days. And I would encourage you to do the same. I think the Lord answers prayers when we pray them and put them before him uh, with a consistent heart and an open heart. So here's some advice. I believe that the way that we see God for who he is is to create spaces where we quiet our hearts, where we actually set aside some quiet time and space. And so if there are loads of people in your house, uh, trade off, uh, go for walks, find a spot. Um, It's not easy, but we can do this if we actually are creative. Uh, And as long as the weather is good before it's 150 degrees outside, I think many of us can find some of that quiet space outside. It certainly seemed to work for James, John, and Peter. And when you get into quiet places, I think it's really important to ask the Holy Spirit to settle your heart and mind. Uh, Many of us right now, I think, are feeling a lot of churn inside our hearts. And so we need to actually ask God to settle us. And if we don't, our times of prayer and meditation will actually have that same kind of buzz of anxiety about them. And so what I do is ask the Holy Spirit to settle me, take some deep breaths, um, settle my heart, my body. And I've been asking Jesus to show me who he is, uh, to give me a fresh picture of who he is. And so I would just ask you, what might God be looking to do for you right now? Uh, Where do you sense the most need in your own soul? I think that might be where God wants to go, where he wants to to meet you. Uh, And so what I've been doing is naming those places of need and then asking Jesus specifically to enter into those places Y'all, Jesus doesn't just want to enter into your heart. He wants to enter into the parts of our hearts where we need him most. Asking him to show him who he is in those places, I think, is a really important thing for us to do. So those are the first couple of things that we notice, right? They left their uh, normal routines, and then Jesus shows his friends who he really is. But then the humans get involved, and I, I take great comfort in Peter's blundering actually in this passage. So the third thing I want to say to you that maybe is a point of reflection for us is that Peter, when he senses God at work, his immediate instinct is to want to do something. Uh, And I identify with Peter so strongly. Peter's like, you know what, Jesus, what we need right now is for me to build three buildings, one for you and two for those other guys from Jewish history who are hanging out with you, inexplicably hanging out with you on this mountain. And what I love about Peter is that Peter snaps to action because he just doesn't know what else to do. He also says things because he doesn't know what else to say. And I think that happens to you and to me. It's like when God is at work, we want to do something. When we feel nervous or anxious, we want to do something. And Peter is sort of the patron saint of people who do things and maybe then regret them later. Um, One of the things about Peter, though, that I am deeply sympathetic uh, toward is is that he he really sees things with clarity in this moment 
and you're probably like this, you know, you have a moment where things all become crystal clear and you think, oh my gosh, I see it. Like I, we're going to be okay. Or I, I think we're going to get through this. Um, and Peter just wants the moment of clarity to last. I think his desire to build a permanent structure was just really him saying, Jesus, I just want this feeling I have right now that everything's going to be okay. I just want it to last. And maybe for you that's happened. Maybe there's been a moment in the last couple of days where you've thought, I feel like I, I see things clearly. And all of us just want those moments of clarity to last. But they don't last. Um, I do know this, our activity sometimes drives us into anxious places. Sometimes our activity in and of itself is a form of anxiety. And one of the things I feel like the Lord is asking me to do is to notice things, both God at work and things going on inside me without having to fix all of those things right away. And so if you're a fixer like me, if you're a person who wants to get busy and do things like me or like Peter, I think maybe the invitation in front of you and me today is to learn to notice. Maybe ask God to show you where he's working today and then just notice it. You don't have to make it last forever. Just notice it. Maybe today's also a time for you to notice the places where your fear, your flesh, your anxiety is getting in the way, pushing you into anxious behavior. Like the psalmist says, you know, making you eat the bread of anxious toil. And rather than trying to fix those things, I think some of the goodness in this moment is just noticing. Um, doing is not always bad, but doing sometimes doing too much can actually be bad. And I think Peter was doing a little more than he should. And here's where we'll end. The, the fourth thing I just have noticed here and want to point out. God said to Peter in the midst of his activity, he, he, he essentially said to Peter, Hey, Peter, learn to pay attention to what God's doing. So here's the thing I'm thinking about. Peter, James, and John had to go down this mountain. They had to leave that clarity and they had to enter into some valley spaces where things weren't quite as clear. And for many of us right now, we're spending most of our time in the valley. And y'all, that's true all the time. You can't live on a mountaintop and certainly very few of us are. If you're on a mountaintop, thank God for that. You won't stay there. We live most of our lives in the valleys where things aren't quite as clear. And yet I think the Lord is probably asking each and every one of us to carry certain awarenesses of him into the valley. Peter, James, and John had to actually go down into the low places and remember who Jesus is. And I think the Lord is asking you and me to cultivate some spaces where we do see clearly so that we can carry what we see about God into the places where we don't see as clearly. So I would suggest that you begin to carve out regular time to be with God. Uh, some Christians have referred to this as a rule of life, a way of being with God, a predictable patterned way of God. And I would, I would essentially commend five categories to you as you think about crafting a way of doing your life with God or a rule of life. Number one, devotion. Time every day and reading the Bible and prayer. Simple practices. Don't make it more complicated than it should be. Just read a little, pray a little, quiet your heart. Number two, physical exercise. Your body matters. And right now when we're cooped up in our houses, it matters maybe more than ever to work out some of the stress. Uh, I get out and walk every day with my dog, my wife, my family. We get outside. That's been really important during this season of Corona. As long as you're social distancing, exercising is really important. Thirdly, finding times to learn and grow. 
For some of you that are readers, maybe it's reading. Uh, for others of you, it might be listening to podcasts. I would say that learning and growing right now shouldn't just be you focusing on the coronavirus. Um, maybe we're learning a little too much there. So maybe remembering some other things. In my family, there have been some explosions of art where people are creating art around the table. Uh, just things to expand your horizon, to get your mind off of trouble and onto something maybe that's growth oriented. Fourthly, connecting with people. Uh, relationships matter, even virtual ones. Uh, virtual connections are really good. Um, I've been having lots of them lately, and I think we all probably are, but connecting with people pulls us out of isolation. So whether you're in a house with a bunch of people cooped up or whether you're all by yourself, uh, we all can stand to make some connections. And I'll just say for those of you who don't have ready access to connection, we at Trinity are gonna be creating virtual office hours and prayer times. And so if you visit our website, atltrinity.org, under Care and Connect, you're gonna find opportunities to connect with people. We want to be a connection point for you. And if you've got those in your life, go for them. But if you don't, let us be a connection point. Our church is ready and willing and even desirous to be that. And fifth, finally, and fifth, uh, for a rule of life, consider what serving and getting outside yourself looks like. What can you do right now? Now, I know I just told you, you're not supposed to just snap to action and do a lot, but we would all admit that there are responses that are appropriate. And so I think that as we consider a rule of life, there are gonna be aspects of service that are gonna be really important for us to consider. And I'll just tell you one little story here. There's a, a family in our church, and I'm not gonna name them, but they bought 15 laptops for a local private school uh, that services under-resourced kids just because these kids are learning at home and many of them don't have access to computers. And this is a family that just decided to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Now that's not frantic, busy work. That's actually strategically aligned service rendered unto God that's helping people around them. It could be giving blood or it could be cutting a neighbor's grass or dropping food off at someone's front door. See, to serve doesn't mean we become frantically busy. It just means we remember to get outside ourselves. So I would ask you to consider what a rule of life looks like for you. I listed those five things, devotion, spiritual exercise, or physical exercise, learning and growing, connecting with people, and then getting outside yourself through service. I would ask you to think about the way you're living your life. Maybe God would have us make the most of a really crazy time. God bless you, go in peace. We'll see you when we see you, amen.